Usually on these close-up beginnings, we like to do a joke. The show's a joke, so we don't need to. All right, coming out the gate swinging. Hello, Inter- Incel, misogynist, <laughs> sexist, fragile man babies. Fragile man babies. Put aside their egos enough to uh, watch She-Hulk review. Uh, hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Today, we review Marvel She-Hulk. Full spoilers ahead. You've been warned. Also, we don't bash on it the entire time. We do have some good things to say, so, like, calm down. Some. Calm down. <laughs> Zooming into our medium shot now. Ryan, tell me your background on the Hulk character, and how excited were you for this series? Where do I start? <laughs> the only Childhood. I think the only thing in recent memory for me for the Hulk was probably Edward Norton. That's really it. And then after that, you saw the, you know, the I, I didn't read comics as a kid, but you saw the, you know, cartoons come out, little movies come out. I always saw him either fighting Wolverine or Thor on the internet. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Didn't really care for Hulk as, as, as a young man. I don't think he's one of my... He's, like, my least favorite Avenger. <gasps> probably. Not in terms of just... I don't think he's weak by any means, but I just don't think strongest much to his story. Weak? He's the strongest Avenger, Ryan. Thank you very much. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, I I like him. I like Mark Ruffalo. I just he, I just don't think I'm not as interested in his story as much as the MCU is, which they gloss over a lot or show his character development off screen. Yeah, which tells me the MCU doesn't care about his story either, so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to it. Anyway. But uh yeah, I was marginally excited for this because I like quote unquote law dramas I thought I heard it was going to be fourth wall breaking and I kind of like meta joke commentary stuff Yeah. and then of course I, I was kind of a little excited going into it and then like everybody else when they saw Daredevil in the trailer I was really excited <laughs> so I can't really say I was excited for She-Hulk by herself I was intrigued at the first two episodes but, uh, you know, I just thought, you know, I don't think this is meant to be taken seriously. I'm going to try to have the most fun with it as I can. Okay. So my first exposure to the Hulk character was probably from reruns of the old Bill, Bis- Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno series from the 70s when I was really little. My parents used to tell me I'd uh, run out of the room whenever Hulk transformed because it scared me so much. So I guess that's an early childhood trauma. Uh, I watched the old Hulk movies, the... Uh, what was his name? Eric Eric Bana, I think his name was, and mm-hmm. um, Edward yep. Norton, and followed Mark Ruffalo's version in the MCU with mild interest. Hulk was never my favorite by any stretch, as you said, not even close. But She-Hulk had my interest for a few reasons, namely Daredevil. She-Hulk's marketing campaign was brilliant for including the man without fear, because Daredevil is my favorite Marvel character of all time. Movies, comics, shows, you name it. I'll buy it if it's Daredevil. So to see him back in any capacity was worth the price of admission for me. I wasn't sold on the show whatsoever before I saw he'd be in it, and I wouldn't have even watched She-Hulk if it wasn't for the promise of Matt Murdock, just being honest. But I will say, 
I know the She-Hulk from the comics has a reputation as a fun, unique character. I had little faith in the current MCU to use the property well, but I was mildly curious. So I figured it might be fun enough before Daredevil showed up. And uh, that, that, that got me through it. And that brings us to our close-up. Let's talk about this thing. Close-up, close-up, close-up. I'm trying a new thing. You make it an echo. Close-up, close-up, close-up. You probably won't edit it in, but you know. Close-up, You gotta revamp your style every now and then. Uh, Anyway. Where to start? So, I nearly quit after episode one. And I stayed because of episode one. We had very different opinions we on the very first di- two episodes. Very different opinions. I, I was nearly out. Me and, Joe, me and Joe can't agree on anything. If we were ever on a superhero team, it would not go well. We just couldn't agree on anything. Yeah, we'd start our own civil war. Mm-hmm. We'd be the Tony and it'd Cap. Just be over, it'd be over, the, be over the dumbest things, too. It'd be like, what do you want to have on your fries? It's like, oh, I'll have cheese. Ketchup. I want ketchup. And it's just, yeah, it's ketchup. Obviously. Okay, so we agree on something. Anyway. Mayonnaise. Throw mayonnaise yeah, on yeah, my that's for people. That's for Europeans. Uh-huh. And they can keep that. Ketchup and mayonnaise. Uh, yeah, Ryan and I are ketchup and mayonnaise. We, we can't agree on anything, but that's what makes this podcast fun, is our constantly <laughs> different opinions. So maybe talk about what you liked about episode one, and I'll tell you what, I, what uh, turned me off pretty quick. Well, what I liked about episode one is stuff that you hated about episode one. <laughs> I liked now I'll this ca- was I can what, counterpoint nine. Here. This is nine weeks ago. Give so just take. off the top of my head, I liked how when Jen was explaining how she was able to be in tune with her emotions is because she's a woman. She's had to do with it all her life. I have been surrounded by uh you know, in the acting world, both men and women, and it's true. So it, it, it was a simple explanation. To me, it didn't come off as cocky or as judgmental towards men. Uh, it was just her trying to explain herself. But then they kind of, like, <laughs> they kind of <laughs> didn't re- make that make sense because five seconds later she gets really angry and turns into the Hulk. Anyway. Yeah, so for me, I I'll also count- liked... Oh, sorry, I'll... Can I counter... You go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'll, like, counter yeah, yeah, yeah. you as you go. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. So you liked the emotional control and how she talked about her hardships as uh, as a female being able to have her control that. I did not like that. Because to me, mm-hmm. when she talks about... When she lays out all her hardships in life, I thought that came across as cheap and lazy from a writing perspective. Because she's she's telling us all these things... But we just have to take her word for it. Not that women don't have hard lives or that there isn't um, double standards and women have to work harder in our society. Like, I think a lot of that is true. But the point is, they don't actually show Jennifer Walter's life being hard. From what we can tell of her in this first episode, she is already a competent lawyer and ambitious who isn't doing that bad in her career. And then she gets superpowers, which she can immediately control. She's got, like, a cheerleader for a best friend. She's, you know, like, she's doing fine. Like, every, like she tells us, oh, woe is me, my life is so hard. But everything the show shows us tells us 
she's doing perfectly fine. Like everyone in her life is super mm-hmm. supportive. She's got a decent job, has superpowers. And basically the show I think is using actual hardships for women just as a, as a cheap way to make us care about Jennifer Walters. They're trying to say, oh, you should sympathize with her for all these reasons. We're not going to show you, but we're just going to tell you this is why you should sympathize with her. Well, sorry, show, it didn't work. Because as much as I can sympathize about the struggles of women, it doesn't make me sympathize with Jennifer Walters. And that's all you needed to do for this show. I need to get on board with your character, not just philosophical debates about gender divides in society. Like, you're, you're trying to tap into a bigger issue, but that's not the point here. I got to care about your character, and you didn't sell me. So, so that was my problem with that early. Yeah, it's very tough, because I see what you're saying, and you're completely right. It's just, it's hard, because... And I'm not trying to give the writers any credit whatsoever. Yeah. It's, I, it is tough to write a, you know nine episode show this is just episode one problems this is this is like i do think that they got better and i and i will talk about what i liked about it better as it went this was just like what turned Mm -hmm. me off of episode one immediately they're like the the fake sympathy they're trying to get us for like i actually sympathized with her later and we'll get to that when we actually when they actually show us things like i was saying but episode one they just tell us and that's that wasn't enough so like this Mm -hmm. is just so yeah. right away they made a bad impression on me. Well, the weird thing is they're trying to push this message about gender equality in a, but in a way where it's also supposed to be comedic. So they can't be too serious with it or they don't want to be too serious with it and the it's examples they show, try so. to use is the most extreme sense of just toxic masculinity. Where it's the her lawyer, and especially ex, in episode one, yeah. her loyal lawyer partner, who is just constantly hitting on women left, right, and center. Which I'm sorry, there might be some people like that in real life, but I don't think like a partner oh, yeah. at a law firm is hitting on every single woman at the law firm. Okay, so that's another thing, right? Because at the the very first episodes, the only men she was introduced to were those guys hitting on her outside the bar on. or guys like that. And that was another terrible first impression. I'm like, oh, so this is just how all men in the show were going to be. And they weren't. It got better as it went. Except Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Except Bruce. Bruce was the only good guy in those first few episodes. But like, this is the first few episodes. So once again, it just made a terrible impression on me because, mm-hmm. oh, so this is how this show portrays men. Okay. And it got better. But when you're just watching those first two episodes combined with the things I already said, once again, the writing looks very heavy-handed yeah. and trying to force a point that didn't come across organically. And I'm like, okay, you you can do this, but I'm not feeling it. And it, it it's not to say that She-Hulk is a bad character. It's just the message that they're trying to push is not conveyed in the best way. And the best example I can think of that is uh, if the message they're trying to push is that women have it harder in the world that they're in, the most, the best example for that is House of the Dragon. That's going on right now. Yeah. And showing how... The Woman King is also the a great example. Limitation, 
I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard good things. Yeah. But I'll, uh, I, won't, I won't bring it up now, but I'll talk to you after the podcast. Okay. So, there's something that Viola Davis said that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I love her a bit, though. She's one of the probably the greatest actresses of all time. Yeah. I know people are boycotting it or whatever, but it's a great movie. I'm a fan. I heard, I've heard amazing things, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you were in the middle of a point. But with the so. House of the Dragon, I actually mentioned this, messaged this to you, is that the House of the Dragon characters that are women, I could have phrased that better. <laughs> the women characters in House of the Dragon, uh, they're strong characters because, not because they say to the camera, hey, I'm a strong character, and you should respect me because I'm a woman. It's just the actions that they do that make them strong and yeah. the most fun characters. I mean, two examples, which I won't won't be heavy spoilers, but is when Rhaenyra, the main character of the show, you could argue, yeah. in episode two, basically stops a war by riding in on a dragon, looking her uncle in the face and being like, hey, if you want to, you know, be heir to the throne again, I'm right here. Kill yeah. me. And he's just like, damn, like, that's such a badass moment. And then the second main actress, Alicent, and I don't like that I'm using both the young actresses episodes to prove my point. Yeah, but it's early. The it's early. Ones you don't want to spoil. Yeah, you don't want to spoil and, anything. But also, yeah, they all have great moments, the younger and older actresses. But the uh, her final episode for Alicent, she walks in the wedding party wedding dinner okay la, 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 i'm not green there yet. dress oh green dress okay oh that's another you're not there yet no oh my god joe all right uh she walks in wearing something that symbolizes her strength and her finally becoming coming out of her shell and it's all symbolizes a. Right. Uh, yeah all right i did not know you weren't up to that point i thought I'm you not... were in episode six my fault no i wasn't i'm but on yeah, episode five just, now it's it's those little examples where you can have it's a this man's message world. of... Yeah, it's very clearly a man's world in House of the Dragon. There, mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk about only the male heirs get to, be, get to be king, and nobody wants Princess Rhaenyra to be queen, even though she's the only heir of the king. So even mm -hmm. from, from day one, the cards are stacked against her. But she never does the Jennifer Walters thing, where she basically goes inward and is like feels sorry for me yeah because yeah. the entire jennifer walters self-pities for the entire show not just not just about you know being a woman or, or hardships of women but just she's a very self-pitying mm -hmm. character in general which i understand why that rubs a lot of people the wrong way i kind of got used to it but it was a very bad first impression princess renera doesn't self-pity much i mean she has a no. little she has a little bit of that but it's also you know Look what happened in episode three yeah, but she she shows her strength. Like it's once again, she's not telling us how hard it is. The show shows us how hard it is for her. We don't need her to tell us all the time. We can see it and we sympathize because she's not yeah. trying to constantly call it out. That would make her just a bit annoying. Yeah, and you're not. We're not saying that you can't self pity as a character, but to have it that be your entire yeah emotion throughout the whole show you're just gonna get tired of it and it's not yeah. that jen does it all the time but it's probably like something she does 75 percent of the time and the other 25 percent she cracks jokes towards the camera yeah 
But other than that, I just don't think it was as strong as House of the Dragon. And some people are going to be like, well, you're comparing MCU writing to, you know, George R.R. R. Martin. So you can't make that comparison. Yeah, yes, but why? I can make that comparison. Yeah, why not? Why? Why should the MCU be held to a yeah, lower exactly. standard? Exactly. Not that it needs to be a compelling drama. It's a legal comedy, but, you know, writing, good writing can still be yeah. good writing, so. Oh, speaking of good writing, should we talk about how the show's not really that funny for most of it? Yeah. I, I was telling you when I was doing weekly updates and I messaged you, I was like, man, I'm struggling to keep up with this show. And it's not that I don't like the character. I just didn't like how they were being episodic and trying to do a law drama, even though they came out and said, oh, this isn't really a law drama show because we don't really know how to write that. But then they end up doing it and then they show that they can't write it like that. It's It's bizarre. There's about 35 minutes of each, each show, and I maybe laughed a couple times every episode. Yeah. The hit-to-miss ratio on the humor. And, of course, humor is subjective. I'm sure there's people who find this show mm -hmm. hilarious and good on you. I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad if you find enjoyment in things. But for me personally... Obviously, this show is not tailored towards us, but also I think that's also weak writing as well. Because if you're going to tailor to a specific audience, you have to try and also... Also... Also bring in uh, other demographics. Yeah. And you know why I thought the writing was annoying in particular to me? Because I saw the potential in it, is the thing. When I'm watching mm -hmm. these episodes, I'm looking at... I look at the premises of the episodes, and I can see why they made it past a pitch. They're actually really funny premises. Like, uh, in mm -hmm. episode three, when Titania tries to trademark she the She-Hulk name, that's funny. The guy who stole yeah, a yeah. the guy who stole a sling ring from Kermertaj from Kamartaj and tries to be a magician a stage magician with it. That's a funny premise on paper. Her having to represent uh Emil Blonsky, who who was, you know, fought her cousin. Like that that's an interesting premise too. What was uh, another one? The wedding one wasn't really that good. No, because Titania shows up again. Yes. The character I hate most in this was Titania. Because she kept just showing up. Through walls. Shouldn't she be she in came jail? Through, she's like the Kool-Aid man coming in through every wall. I know, but like, shouldn't she, shouldn't she be in jail? She went through a courtroom and tried to, like, murder a witness. They went Why is she through, not in jail? I don't remember exactly, but they went through that very quickly. I think it was in episode three or four. There was a, there was a news broadcast. There was a news broadcast, Jen watched, where they very quickly said why she got out. I don't remember what happened there but she got acquitted for some stupid reason literally this is the first this is the first thing that pops up that auto corrects when i put why isn't titania and the first thing that pops up is is in jail <laughs> but i gotta uh. say with titania jamila jamil is really funny in it I, I don't understand the character but she's 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 funny <laughs> and she tries so hard and i i love her arrogance it's it yeah was, she was always interesting to watch i i liked that when she was on screen i just didn't like what they did with her and the other thing that bothered me about titania is that she's for all intents and purposes the main villain of the season well jennifer walters fights her like four times in the course of season one yeah and then 
they kind of just drop her. Nothing really goes anywhere There's with her. There's a lot her. of things that get dropped, either for the sake of just dropping them or for sake of a joke at the end. For some reason, they made, Inselig- they made Inseligentia the main villain, which... Well, Inseligentia, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the comics, it's supposed to be this major organization that is actually a threat. But in the MCU, it's now just run by a bunch of fragile men who are also incels. Like, that was their whole joke. Well, okay, it's actually called Intelligentsia. I just called it Inseligentsia, because... Oh, I didn't <laughs> even pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, I was. I was wondering if you know. But yeah, there's there's that change that some people are mad about. But also, I just have a different gripe with the MCU and Hulk in general that we'll get to later. Yeah. But my main problem with this show, I think it could have worked if they didn't make every client of Jen Walters a fucking idiot. That's true. Every client she had was just on some level an idiot. I'm not talking about in Let's terms see. of intelligence. I I'm just talking about the way that they acted. See, the guy the who got married guy. hundreds of times, the magician, leapfrog, whatever. Ribbit and rip but it. But he was meant to be an idiot. That's the only one that I accepted as being an idiot. Uh, I accepted... Um, Wong was her client, too. Blonsky wasn't Wong. that bad. Well, Wong wasn't bad. Blonsky was okay. Well, those two. But as they, like, as they went on, they just got more and more dumb. And I, and I was just like, if I was a lawyer, I would not take on any of these clients. Is the only reason she's taken on these clients is because she's supernatural? I wanted to, you know what, honestly, even though it was probably the weirdest cameo I've seen in the MCU, I wanted her to take on a case with Megan the Stallion. Like, what oh, don't kind of case started. would she would have don't, had? Don't get me started but, on that scene. You know, maybe they would have had to twerk again. Okay, I got it. Okay, we're in that scene. That scene. They released a behind the scenes. It's on their Instagram of uh, the at uh, Tatiana Ma- Maslani. In the mocap suit, twerking. You know what my favorite part about that scene was? Was it the guy shaking his head and leaving? No, it was that they... Her boss? It was that they blatantly put it as the first clip in the Daredevil episode, in episode 8 on the previous Leon. There right? was no re- There was no reason for them to do it, other than they just wanted to reuse it, and I feel like they knew it was going to be controversial, and they put it up again. Like, my blood boiled the second time I saw it, yeah. and I'm like, but I'm actually, but I'm like, this is actually funny that they used it again. They had the guts to use it yeah. again. And that just made me laugh after I got angry at it. I'm like, okay, I, I, respe- I respect that they, they doubled down. I understand why they did it because Megan the Stallion and twerking, they're trying to take that back as sort of female empowerment. But also when you tell a VFX artist, I need you to animate She-Hulk twerking. <laughs> I just don't know if I can get behind that. No pun intended. I call that but, uh, <laughs> the the moment I nearly quit the MCU altogether. It was oh man. It actually there were so many memes where it was like Tony Stark died for this. <laughs> and to be fair, yeah, there's a lot of little dumb things that happen in life that people have died for in our time. I think about it all the time. Yeah. You know, like man, people in World War One died so that kids can be dumb on TikTok. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know it's just a it's just a dumb, f- funny scene, and I know I shouldn't be that mad about it. Thank God like, it was an end credit scene, so you don't take it that seriously. Yeah, but it's also like there's just so many reasons it bothered me. I mean, first of all, mm-hmm. well, I mean it's a comedy show, but lawyers shouldn't be that unprofessional. Twerking. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, not in front of their clients. Second, 
or with their clients. Second, the shoehorned in celebrity cameo of the week that had no bearing on the plot whatsoever. It was just, ooh, there's a celebrity cameo. And also yeah, the reference. Oh, yeah, because she was just in the court. Someone ghosted. Oh, no, because of that elf, remember? Or the f- fairy from Asgard who was posing as her. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Her client was her ex lawyer partner who thought he was in a relationship with Megan the Stallion. Uh, and yes. then for some reason, Megan the Stallion actually showed up. Yeah. That part, that whole episode, I was just kind of annoyed because. Not because of the premise, but that fairy lady just kept, like, transforming and doing dumb stuff. I was like, man, someone just shoot her. Like, there's guns in this universe, right? Someone please just shoot her. So, yeah, it was the shoehorn celebrity cameo of the week that twerking is such an old thing already. And it screams of, like, it's like Marvel's in their middle-aged phase and trying to be relevant still. And it just made me, it just hurt to watch as an MCU fan. I'm like, I think back to this. That's usually... Love and Thunder. That's usually how writing is because, let's face it, they were probably writing this a few years ago. But even that was too early. Middle a few years ago. Even that was. It might have been too early. It was old even then. They're like twerking was over in 2017. Yeah, but I think the female empowerment kind of got bigger. But that kind of happens with a lot of writers' rooms where they'll take something that's popular right then and there, and work it into their show. But as time goes by, they don't realize that it gets older. And I can't think of another example in a TV show or something where that happens. I think some kid was like dabbing or something and they didn't realize that was dead. That's hilarious. But yeah, that happens a lot with writer's room. So I can kind of, I still think it was just, it didn't, I'm sure a lot of people thought it was funny, especially when she says, I will kill you, Megan the Stallion, because I've heard people say that before. Hmm. Uh, But just, I watched that and I was like, wow, is this worse than the captain america musical it's not it just made no the captain america musical was awesome that wasn't there was production value there they tried real hard to make something and i could believe that could be an actual thing like that i love that this is just it made my heart sink i'm like you know they're playing this totally straight like this is what the mcu is now and this is do you think old captain america went to see the musical maybe you think old man steve rogers went I don't know, not even Hawkeye could sit through it <laughs> yet. Yeah, he's got PTSD, not because the musical was bad, though. I don't, I don't think he that. was enjoying it very much, either. But then the kids came out, too, cause, so they were like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I would see it, though. Anyway. I would see that musical. Oh, I'd see it. Any bad musical can have some fun in it, you know? Yeah, the Avengers musical. It was... Uh, all right. Oh. Let's move on from twerking. Okay, uh, let's talk about the supporting cast. We talked a little bit about Jamila Jamil already as Titania, but I thought the supporting cast in this show were mostly just useless. I'm trying to think of a function for all of them, and they were either just kind of the nuisance villains, or they were basically just there to prop Jennifer Walters up. Like, did Nikki have any character besides just being Jen's hype woman? No, she's the token hype woman that's in every lead female movie or TV show. There has to be a sidekick or lead hype woman who she was funny. She was funny at some points. But here's also the other thing. The the only good guy in the show who's named Pug Pug, was like the only decent character. Useless, too. He had no character. He's named Pug. 
because he's treated as a dog and told what to do. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's he was just, like that. Like, you can't even... You're criticizing men, but then you also don't know how to write strong men. They it's don't... Just, it's just... It feels yeah. like most of the show was just... We hate... We hate our male MCU audience. Yeah, but so I was we're just going to bash everything that's wrong about you. I was just about to say, though, when it comes to someone like Nikki, they don't know how to write good women either. <laughs> like, an actual show that wanted a female empowerment angle, you'd think they'd write their female characters better than that. They put all their focus yeah, on Genwald, like, not even... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Mallory or something, like... She was the second strongest Brittany one. with a Y, but it's not what you think. Madison. Yeah. I mean, That's look at the female Madison. characters. They, look at the female characters they write on this show. I mean, I can understand why people say they don't I write. I think Madison needs to go to a fucking detox. Yeah. Because she's drunk all the time or she's actually just from the valley. So, yeah, it's true. Because she's always talking like this. So they don't write the men well. Juan Juan. They don't write the women well either. So that's in- that's no. equality, people. That's real equality. That's real equality. Everybody <laughs> on this show sucks. <laughs> Everyone sucks except for Jennifer Daredevil. 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 That should have been my first guess. Uh, do you think? I, I'm just gonna say it. Do you think the people in those writers' rooms, like on screen, were the actual writers? Because I don't think I would show my face. <laughs> I don't. I think, think some so. of them were. But if there's actually like. Eight writers? I would have lost my mind. It's probably for the same reason Kevin Foggy didn't show his face either. That's brilliant. Producers and writers don't act. Should we just talk about that? I don't know. There was other stuff I wanted to get to first. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's, Let's... get to that and then Daredevil next and then... So we have Kevin. any more to say on the uh, supporting <laughs> cast? I mean, there was... I just... They weren't... They had moments. They weren't particularly weak, but they weren't strong. I mean, they all had their little moments. But also, I feel like when they try to give their moments, they just took away from Jennifer's moments. Yeah. It was just weird. And I'm going to compare this with Miss Marvel a lot because where Miss Marvel failed was completely different, where uh, there wasn't really a threat throughout the whole show. Kamala still had great moments and she was an amazing character. Where if the show She Hulk, they were trying to introduce too many different characters all at once and have Jen be like, this is crazy. What's happening here? And I just feel like they need to focus on on her character more instead of being like, I'm lonely and I can only get dates as She-Hulk. Going back to the bad writing, I have to bring up a point that I've been bringing up since very early on in the show. I like to believe that there was one competent writer in the writer's room who wrote all the fourth wall breaks in the whole last episode. Because all those fourth wall yep. breaks... Were basically just well, criticizing. They were just yeah. All those fourth wall breaks. Every single one of them was criticizing the show as it was happening. Criticisms that I had while I was watching it, and part of me was like, mm-hmm. "So this is the double-edged sword I was telling you about earlier." So part of me says, "Oh, I respect the show is self-aware enough to critique itself," but then the other part of me says, "Well, that makes it worse actually." You because still showed us, yeah. You showed yeah because somebody in the writers' room realized what was happening. And they still let it yeah. go through. But then they just make these little jokes about it. So people will say, oh, it's so cute. They're self-aware. I, this show is so quirky and relatable. I, but you still made me sit through at least two yeah. hours of just nothing. I'm like, but you still did the bad stuff. Like, <laughs> If this was what the show was, 
if this is what the show was, how self-aware the MCU was the entire time, it would have been probably one of the best shows out there. Yeah. But uh, since it only had like let's a mid good first few episodes and then probably an excellent finale. It's just treated as a big joke. Because I told you when I first finished, I was like, the end is brilliant. It is. And then I sat great for a while. I sat for a while and I was like, no, wait. But you calling yourself out basically tells me you know your writing was stupid. So did you mean for the writing to be stupid or did you not? And if you didn't, is that worse? It's worse. And it just made me think too much. Yeah. The fourth wall breaks are brilliant. They're fu- like They're the funniest part of the show consistently. But it's also... Well, if you knew you were making a terrible show as you were doing it, as you're like, you're calling yourself out as you're doing, and I know it's like, you're trying to get ahead of your critics, but somebody in that writer's room, like Mm -hmm. I said, I I like to believe there was one person who realized what they were making and just slipped those in and as an apology. Do you think that's how the Marvel office looks like? As soon as you walk in, there's the three Iron Man suits behind you. I hope so. I hope they just- check in desk. I hope that was the actual office. And then to get to Kevin's office, it's like- and to get to Kevin's office is like a really long hallway. Yeah. And then he's just surrounded by screens and then these plaques of comic books. I hope so. That'd be really funny. Justin made a hilarious point when I, I watched the episode with him last night. And I like how he, he saw the meta layer behind it that I didn't catch right away. He's like, oh, so they're just basically saying the MCU is AI generated content now? <laughs> yeah. That's... I yeah. did like the one of their jokes where one of the writers was like, nobody sees Kevin. <laughs> and I know it was a different thing too, but I was so excited. I was like, is Kevin Feige going to appear? <laughs> Am I going to see Kevin Feige act? And then they kind of made I the joke so better when it was an AI robot. I was like, that's genius. Because you can even see in the robot's design, he has a little hat. Yeah. I, I as like, soon oh as she gosh, came into that room, I got, I got uh, Matrix Reloaded vibes. When Neo meets, uh, I think his name is the architect. We need you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like they have the screen showing all the different realities going on at once. Like I thought that was that was really cool. May have been directly all these self criticisms. They're great. It's weird because like, but it's annoying. They're great, but also it's annoying because if this was the whole show, I would have loved it more. Especially because I knew you would hate this joke, but uh, because it's kind of a double edged sword. But it was like we need you to change back to Jen off screen because the VFX artists have already moved on to a new project and you hear the uh, kind of like drum beats. We don't have the budget anymore. And I was like, that's a good joke. But Joe's going to be like, motherfucker, you just admitted that you underpay your VFX. Yeah, exactly. You overwork them. I've been complaining about Marvel CGI for probably five years now or more. I've been saying it's getting worse for many, many years. And like, that's Marvel just straight up joke. Yeah. Once again, you're just, That's Marvel straight up admitting in their own show that their VFX has taken a downturn. (laughs) So, but once again, what do you do with that? It's a hilarious joke. And I I love the self-confidence they have to admit that joke in a show they paid for. But also it doesn't make it... Yeah. It doesn't make it better that it's still happening. Oh, let's talk about the CGI now. I, I, I will defend some of the CGI... I will defend that I I think the Mm She-Hulk model looks good in pictures when it's still, but every time it moves, it's, 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 it's uncanny valley, but it's not, it's not bad. It's tough. It's not bad. It's just uncanny Mm. valley and the motion effects are wonky. That's the, that's the weird part. There are a few times where it's a close up on her face and either something happens with the face was like, that is not a natural look that she just gave. But in 
human faces are the, probably the toughest visual effects to do. Yeah. Do you think Kevin Feige knows that he's an AI? <laughs> Does he, <laughs> do you think he watched his show at home and he's like, what the hell? No, I was thinking there was a second layer to that joke as well. There might be a little bit of egotism in there with Kevin Foggy basically saying, oh, I work so hard. I'm more a machine than men. And then somebody was like, that's funny. Can we use I that? Love when, I love when Jen's trying to make the show better. And then the robot just goes, oh, you're sitting down? Like, we're not <laughs> done here? Like, even that's a good joke. Like, those are good jokes. But the show is still bad because you told me it was bad. And it didn't have to be bad if you were this self-aware. You didn't make it better. You Unless the whole show... This whole show... If this whole show was meant to be a joke about how the MCU run things, that's not good. Especially if it's longer than most MCU sh shows. That's been for the last two years. Yeah. You I, know what? I, like, I, I was going to say... I had a point I on respect, that. I respect the self-aware. Yeah. I just don't think it was executed as well as they could have done it. I had a point on the how many episodes it got this year. I think this season should have gotten more episodes. I think I would have liked if this was 13 episodes, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because to me, the show was finally getting its footing in those last three episodes. Episode 7 with the group therapy, the Daredevil one, and the fourth yep. wall-breaking finale. The show was finally hitting its stride in the back half just to end. And I think if they got a full 13-episode season... I, we wouldn't be having this podcast like, oh, She-Hulk was a bad show. We'd be like, She-Hulk was a show that got a bad first half, and then they found their footing, and the back half of the season was good. Mm -hmm. But, like, the back third of it's good, which is not good. That just makes the overall season weak. Like, if they, if they I mean, played more... And it was so episodic anyway. There was no reason you couldn't come up with four more standalone episodes to, you know, make it more episodic, have a regular length season, and then I think people would, like, I would be talking about this show more positively if they kept that upward trend going that they were getting towards the end. Yeah. I think I will show up for a season two for this because those last few episodes gave me confidence. They finally figured out what they were doing. I, I was liking it by the end, but too little too late. Yeah, it's just, it's really strange. Uh, I kind of agree with you there, but also not, because I don't know how much I could have watched the rest of this. Know, even was, though I told you, yeah. wow, episode seven, finally a good episode. And eight it was even better. deals with some real life uh, issues in yeah. terms of you think you find a relationship and then you get ghosted. That group therapy session was hilarious. Which is su that's such a modern, that's such a modern problem. And I wish, I wish it was better if there wasn't a giant man bowl there. <laughs> well, that's the MCU like, of it, it all. And then there's like a hypochondriac who's a giant porcupine, but also has like terrible hygiene. The vampire and uh, the not matador. Yeah. Not matador. And then Emil. But yeah. yeah. Uh, episode 8 was great. Episode 8 was the know, high point. How'd you feel about his CGI? Oh, that was bad. Yeah, his little acrobats. Maybe it's because I'm not used to seeing CGI Daredevil. Because yeah, it's so different from the, Dare, uh, the show on Netflix. The Netflix was very practical in nature. Okay, now I, I will tell you, this is not about the CGI. Apparently that's how he's supposed to be in the comics. He's yeah, supposed he's to be a, very acrobatic. And, yeah, but he still floats. He floats around yeah. a lot. And that felt like comic book Daredevil. That was, that was fine. 
What I okay, what I will say is about I, I have a point about their relationship. So the contrarian in me who hasn't really been loving this show up to this point, there was that fourth wall mm-hmm. break right after she first talking to Math Murdoch, and she looks to the camera and she says, I, I can't be the only one feeling this, right? And the contrarian in me wanted to be like, no, show stupid show things. Yeah, I was stupid like, show no. things. I I feel this, but I was like, I do. I do. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it at first, and then they were on the rooftop. I was like, okay, now I'm feeling it. I know. Like, I wanted to. I I feel like there's going to be a lot of dumb. There's going to be a lot of dumb people that say She Hulk sleeps around too much, but also she's single. Leave her alone. She's trying to find love. There's more sex scenes in this show than this show than all of the MCU. Yeah. Weird. It's not what I was expecting. But But let's talk about the biggest quote unquote slut in the mcu it's matt murdoch i'm sorry he yeah. sleeps with every woman he's met yeah. but also he does it respectfully he's a good guy i assume i don't know i've heard no complaints i don't know why they were complaining to me but, she was you know. definitely not complaining no she wasn't complaining she wanted to bring him back mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like get him where does back. he jump from <laughs> he like he literally pops back in that was funny where does he jump from like a tree my favorite joke in the entire She-Hulk series was like, Hulk smash, this, that, sometimes Matt Murdock. And she looks to the camera and yeah. like, that made me it's laugh like my Murdoch. ass off. That was... It's like, oh yeah, when we... Yeah. That was the funniest like, joke in the whole X-Men? show. when we getting X-Men? She has a little ton thing. She's like, when are we getting the X-Men? That is classified. Yeah, see, this is why I wanted to see more of the show because Tatiana Maslany is fantastic. Her material was trash mm. for so much of the season. She's great. But she was great. And I want to see her back. And you know what? I'm going to be controversial here. I'm going to say something controversial. I don't care about She's Bruce Banner. Yeah, I don't care about yep. Bruce Banner. I'd rather see more She-Hulk than the Hulk. Because all of his fucking, all of his character development is off screen. Banner hasn't been interesting since Age of Ultron. It's been seven years. I'm done with him. It, like, and Mark Ruffalo is fine, but he's so, you know, low-key and... You know, Tatiana Maslany is charismatic. She's fun. Jennifer Walters is a fun character. When Bruce Banner's on, I'm bored mm-hmm. or I'm cringing at Professor Hulk. I don't like what the characters... Bec- he w- Bruce Banner was very interesting at the beginning. He's defined by his trauma, yeah. by his rage. He's got, you know, he could, all, he could turn at any second into the Hulk. He's like a ticking time bomb. And now he's just, Professor Hulk, he's a big personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, I don't Here's know. Here's the timeline of the Hulk. Ready? So... Introduced in the Avengers, well, in the Incredible Hulk, right? Yeah. He's an angry, angry, angry boy. He gets control of it by the end and then has a complete recast. Age <laughs> hmm. of Ultron happens. He learns a little lullaby with Black Widow. Sounds good. Real low, down, big guy. Which I was, I was not against that coupling when I first came out, okay? I liked it. Yeah. So screw all you haters. And then he leaves to go to Sakaar somehow, because he's in a Quinjet, but I don't think Quinjets work in space. It doesn't matter. He's trapped in the Hulk body. That's off screen. Thor meets him on Sakaar. He's, you know, he gets turned back into Bruce because he sees a video of Nat. And Bruce is like, oh, I've been Hulk for two years. I can't turn the Hulk again. I don't know if I can ever be, I don't know if I can ever be Bruce again if that happens. Turns into Hulk anyway to to defeat Hela. Don't forget he and apparently then, had a son while he was on Sakaar. Maybe. Apparently. Or I have a different theory about that. Uh, and then in Infinity War, he gets his ass handed to him by Thanos. Retreats uh, into himself. I was fine with that. 
doesn't want to be Hulk anymore. And then I was like, oh, how are they going to explain how he's, they, he's going to get over this trauma? Endgame happens. He's, he's just, just in a diner as Professor Hulk. I was like, no. This should have been an opening scene of him, like, working through it or something. Okay, and you or, see... Or you didn't have to do... You didn't have to do Professor Hulk right away. And then in She-Hulk, he goes off screen again. Okay. He comes back with a son. Okay, now I was... This is the point I have to make here. I don't know if they did this on purpose, but this is another one of those double-edged sword things for me. Because Hulk... She-Hulk yeah. being the self-referential fourth wall breaking show that it is, I nearly think it was intentional that they introduced Bruce Banner, gave him a whole arc for the season that happened off screen. I think that was the show being like, this is how all the other Hulk stories have gone in the MCU, so why not in the Hulk show? And I think that was, once again, I want to see the Hulk's development, but the show also knows this isn't how Bruce Banner's been treated traditionally, so we're just going to double down on that and kind of make a joke out of it. Every time the Hulk shows back up, he's done all this stuff off screen and makes you intentionally wonder where he's been. But he did it multiple times in She-Hulk, which tells me that it was a it was a joke. Which, once again, is funny, but it's it. annoying. It's funny, but it's annoying. Like, just the That's show the in general. That's the whole thing, right? It's annoying. They got rid of Hulk's most interesting story arc, which was World War Hulk. Yeah. And made it completely off-screen where it was. Spoilers for the comics, but the Illuminati of Earth sent Hulk there because he was too destructive. He takes over Sakaar. But then what happens is... The ship that he was in basically knew, like he becomes king of that planet for a few years and he's fine being peaceful as the Hulk. And then what happens, the ship he was on blows up and destroys everybody, it destroys his wife that he had. So he goes back to Earth with his gladiator buddies and just beats the living crud out of the Illuminati. That would have been amazing to see on screen. But now he's just like, no, I worked through my trauma off screen that Tony helped built for me. Uh, in this with this little mini bar and now he just has a son and i'm just like i don't care and i'll i will care if the movie that they're referencing is him going to sakar in the first place because in universe sakar time works differently where uh i think it moves slower there oh okay i think that's uh that's a thing so he could have a whole lifetime there but it could only feel like a week or so in regular universe time i don't know that's man. probably why he's got a son who's like a teenager already and you guys him yeah who has the worst haircut i've ever seen in my life it's got the front of his hair is cut but the whole back is i don't know man interesting i also want to talk about well just this kind of reminds me of another problem i had with the show is that going back to bad writing it avoids conflict at every opportunity and I noticed that, especially in the first few episodes, I thought, uh, okay. Avoids with, it as the finale. When she, yeah, the finale is another big example. But one thing I thought was, and this is once again a bad impression for the Jennifer Walters character, but when she was tasked with getting Emil Blonsky for a client and she called up Bruce I'm like, oh, that's 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 kind of nice of her. She's gonna, you know, ask ask for his blessing or something just to see if he's cool mm -hmm. with, you know, her doing this. And then she immediately just basically called him to tell him she's doing it. She wasn't she wasn't asking him if he was okay with that. And that was that's one thing. Like that's okay. She can make that decision. 
But the show takes the easy way out just by having Hulk be totally fine with it. There's no conflict yeah. with her cousin whatsoever. Just, there's stuff like that. That's not interesting writing. Yeah. It's stuff like that sprinkled throughout the entire show. Like, I'm fine Jennifer Walters made a selfish decision by taking on a client for money. But why does Hulk have to be okay with that? Just so there's no conflict between the two cousins? That's the only, like, that's not, that doesn't feel right. Because he's a changed man. Yeah. It's like, whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. And like you said, the entire season finale as well. The entire thing is a lesson in conflict avoidance. <laughs> she, everything builds up just for her to be like, no, I don't want any of this conflict to happen, actually. Let's mm. just rewrite it. Well, what I thought they were doing was, because they started to shrink all the people who were Hulk or Abomination. Yeah. And then I thought they were going to cut back to her in the barn and now dealing with it as like a lawyer. But they just cut to like the conflict being over and Todd is being arrested. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't you show that and just have my, I was just like, okay, now let's have like an actually compelling ending. No, we're just going to skip all of it. And for some reason, Titania was there filming. Like there was no reason for her to show up. There was no reason for Hulk to show up there either or Daredevil. Titania I mean, was it was still there. Yeah. She was filming like, oh, I'm about to oh witness a murder. God. And Daredevil just shows up too randomly. Like I get, I get what they were doing. Like the ending was, it didn't make any it, sense. But... And it, it wasn't gonna make any sense, but it's also man. There was not actually a resolution there, not really. And then Jennifer Daredevil doing the Walk of Shame that was pretty funny. That was hilarious. Daredevil in the daylight looks very strange. It is. Weird. You know what I mean? You know what? I fully support that coupling. I would be okay if in the Born yeah. Again show he's still dating Jennifer Walters, or if they kind of just. They have good chemistry. They're marbles for a super couple, really. No, that's not true. Wanda and Vision. Never mind. But they're good. And I want to see a human super couple. Yeah. She's a Hulk and he's a devil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, too. And I actually want to see him do lawyer stuff. And that was the best part is when Charlie Cox comes in. And there were some parts where he was speaking so fast, I didn't really understand what he was saying. But that was just me. He had that one joke that, and made I was me just laugh. like, "Wow, he's pro- he's processing." He's like, "No, I'm just a really, I'm a huge fan of uh, law dramas or legal dramas because he's like talking so much legal stuff while fighting." And the frog's like, "Are you a lawyer?" It's like, "No, no, I'm just a huge fan, <laughs> huge fan of legal dramas." Is that the joke you're thinking of? Yeah, I was. I was just thinking about. It was what they're in the law room? No, it was the the joke I was thinking. Like when he comes in and he's like. Yeah, you know, like he was talking about how he couldn't park his car. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Park his car. (laughs) Kidding. Yeah. Uh, I don't. That to me convinced me that that. they were gonna they were gonna do him well because he still had that kind of. It wasn't She-Hulk humor. It was Matt Murdock humor. That that's how he was on the old show. Charlie Cox is so amazing. Yeah, he still felt like himself. Yeah. Someone did a TikTok where recently Charlie Cox was doing an interview. And he was kind of doing the blank stare, not on purpose, but just kind of as like he was on a red carpet somewhere and someone was talking to him. And someone made the TikTok was like, wow, is he just stuck like this because he's been doing it for so long that sometimes will just come naturally. Have you heard the story that he blew an audition because he did that by accident? Nobody and he didn't realize until after. 
Oh yeah, like after. Oh no. Yeah, after Daredevil got canceled, he auditioned for something else, and he blew the he. Well, he told this story at one point, but he blew the audition because he couldn't make eye contact with anybody and his co-stars, and he was he was still just unconsciously acting as Daredevil, and then somebody told him after, and he's like, "What? Uh, I still do that?" <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why he wasn't really in anything else after Daredevil. Maybe because he was just chilling. Or waiting for yeah, uh, Kevin Foggy to get his contract ready. Yeah. I've heard it. I think John Bernthal's confirmed now to come back for uh, Daredevil Born Again. Nice. I think they also said Luke. I think there was a room. I don't know if it's true, but the podcast I listened to, they talked about how Kristen Ritter wants to come back, but there is a scheduling conflict. Hmm. So they are trying to bring back all, the or defenders. if not most, yeah. of the defenders. You could bring back, you could bring back Danny Rand. Just don't make him whiny, and actually give him the mask. He was a lot better in the Defenders than he was in his own show. I was will he? say, yeah, I thought so. Was he really? <laughs> well, he was. It was an a little bit. Yeah, it was a marked improvement. But I yeah, even looks... the, I just love. It looks bad. I know it's supposed yeah. to look bad, but I don't like it. It was never I hate it. It was never good. That's why they changed it after like 10 issues in the 60s. I saw a still of the whole red suit from the Daredevil show, and I was like, that looks so much better. And I'm honestly, I hope it's just his California outfit. I really hope that's it. And I know they made a joke or was like, whoever told you that you could pull off mustard was wrong. And he's (laughs) like, oh, do you want me to tell the designer that? She's like, no, please, no. (laughs) She's already in bad blood with him. It's like uh, it's like sports teams, you know. When he's in New York, he wears the red. When he's mm-hmm. abroad, he wears his away colors. Yeah, exactly. Well, my uh, one gripe is just real quick about that is she was so ready to be against her designer really quick because she just believed her client right away, but also didn't do the research of well, what fuel were you using about with the. Right. But I don't know. That, you, could, you could easily overlook that, but that, I guess that led to another great moment with Matt Murdock where he just smells it. He's like... Jen Walters really isn't the best lawyer. Like, Mallory is the one who did all the actual no. lawyering in the show. Mallory is the one who took mm-hmm. on the, uh, the guy with all the wives. I think she also represented Jen in the one with the, lot, with the name She's lawsuit. really good. She did more lawyering than Jen Walters did in the show. Like, Jen Walters was off I love doing so she, many other things. She was like, listen, Jen... I don't like you. <laughs> so, like, she straight was like, I don't really like you. I don't think you're that great. And you, you could do better as just a woman and not choose to be with so many shitty men. Fun fact, she is uh, Angelica in Hamilton. In what's are you cut in out? In the on? original bra- In Hamilton, she was Angelica. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. That's where I recognized her. I was like, I know you from somewhere. And then I saw a still of her. I was like, oh, she's the original Angelica. Yeah, so let's see. But what yeah. else did we have to talk about? I got me excited for Daredevil until I realized it was delayed and it comes out in two years, which is crazy to see. But also, if they're going to take their time with it, fine. I think they also said, what, 17 episodes? That's crazy. I think it's 18. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's wild. I, I will take that. Maybe that's when they bring in all the... Uh, defenders actually you know what i don't know yes. how long that's really going to be hour wise because on the netflix on netflix 
an hour long, like, like hour. Thir- 13 episode seasons were actually 50 minutes to an hour. But on Disney Plus, yeah. it's probably like 18. It's like 40 minutes at best. 18, yeah. 35 minute episodes. So really, it's still mm-hmm. nine full She Hulk is probably the most, She Hulk probably has the least amount of time, I think, in all the shows because they were all like 35 minutes. I feel like WandaVision had less time, actually. At the beginning, it did, and then it got oh, then it got longer, longer. longer. Okay. I think that was on purpose because of the uh, sitcom errors. The sitcom to do. bit, yeah, and it got more. Because I know the first world. episode was like 28 minutes, and then it was like 35. WandaVision's so good. Anyway, uh, I think that's Agreed. it for me. Wakanda Forever comes out. That makes me uncomfortable. Less than a month. That was hilarious. And then uh, we will what do our review of that, and then. And then maybe in the same... No, probably not in the same episode. Maybe in a different episode, we will rank Phase 4. Because Wakanda Forever ends Phase 4. So far, it's been meh. You know? It's been bad. I guess it's, it's just, just it's been outright. Up. No, it's been outright bad. With a couple of shining spots. Like No Way Home and Shang-Chi and WandaVision. Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight was good, too. A lot of people would say Loki... I didn't like it as much as most people. I love Loki. I know I'm a, I'm on the minority there, but like, what there's, if? What if is bad? <laughs> there's been bright spots, but it's Phase Four is weak. People, just generally weak. You got yeah. It's, for the amount of stuff they've released, their hit to miss ratio is not acceptable. Less than 50% of them have been what I call above average. And that's not Which acceptable. is fine, but it's not the standards that they want to be, yeah. Yeah. And even their best stuff that they put out is not as good as the best stuff they've done before. You know? Yeah, in terms of the movies, I would agree. Yeah. Their movies have been especially weak. The shows, because they I have a little Shang-Chi, bit... chi though. I like two-thirds of Shang-Chi. I love two-thirds of Shang-Chi. I tolerate one-third of it. Mm. It's like the opposite effect of Rogue One. You know what I mean? Yeah. You tolerate yeah. the first two-thirds, and then the final act, you're like, this is the best Star Wars I've seen. Pretty much. Yeah. Which I, ha- I, haven't, I haven't even watched Andor yet. I know. I, you I, need I to watch it. It's, I you know. You say it's the best Star Wars. Like, Andor so far... We're, on, we're still on She-Hulk. Nobody, Star Wars fans might not care. But Andor is one of the best TV shows I've seen all year. I do actually compare it to House of the Dragon in terms of the dialogue is very smart and political that way. Like, this is the best written Star Wars I've seen wow. maybe ever, just in general. Like, it's just quality writing. And I would recommend this show to somebody who's never... That. I would recommend Andor to somebody who's never seen Star Wars. It's... It's a show you can enjoy just on its own merits, I think. But that said, it's also, you know, don't go in expecting action-heavy Star Wars. It's very slow. Better than George R.R. Martin? Oh, action-wise. It's slow slow and political and character-driven. But let's get back to She-Hulk. Shows you how much we want to talk about that show. It's better than Book of Boba Fett. I'll say that, or is it? She-Hulk? Which is better? She-Hulk's better than Book of Boba Fett? She-Hulk or Book of Boba Fett? Uh, now I have to think. I, I got more think. enjoyment out of She-Hulk. I think there's more entertainment value in She-Hulk. Yeah, I think Book of Boba Fett is like there's a lot of awesome moments in Book of Boba Fett, but that's because they're Mandalorian episodes. 
Matt, Book of Boba Fett had two great episodes, some of my favorite Star Wars of all time, but they weren't really Book yeah. of Boba Fett episodes is the problem. The rest of it is just... I think I might actually... I think that's our margin. Okay, think, That's our margin. You got to think about it this way. Would you go back and watch any of the Book of Boba Fett except those two Mandalorian episodes? I would rewatch Ribbit and Rip It, the Daredevil episode. There are, there are She-Hulk episodes or things yeah. I would... There are She-Hulk episodes I would happily I think the only re-watch. Book of Boba Fett episode I would watch would be the finale. And even that was... That was it. Like, yeah. because that's because you have to if you want to watch mandalorian season three it's so weird how they did it i don't understand it yeah john favreau is such a hit or miss director it's so strange so you know well, what you know, she Hulk's... can't be perfect all the time she hawks better than book of boba fett that's that's my line in the it's sand. close <laughs> it's close they're both bad but she hawks got more entertainment value i think i will say with all the like shows have come out um the, to streaming especially disney plus i've always found something enjoyable about all of them this that yeah. hasn't been a show that i've watched so far that i've completely hated i'm i'm a bit more i'm not as skeptical as some people and that's not a shot at you but if i find <laughs> something enjoyable out of it then i will continue to watch it i i tend to i'm the same way i don't that's why i stopped watching walking dead <laughs> yeah i don't think there's ever been anything that i 100 percent find nothing to like about actors for example i i almost never complain about actors and things because i almost never have a problem with the actors and things i have a problem with material their material special effects film work stories behind the scenes production drama what have you but there's there's always something to enjoy she hulk you know, Tatiana Maslany is great. I will happily see her in better She's written material. Yeah. Uh, it's There were times I laughed in the nine episodes. There are some good cameos, like Wong and Daredevil. They were, they were good. Blonsky, there's... There is stuff that I enjoyed. Would I recommend this show to somebody? No. I'd say, you know, if you're just looking for something... I I say don't bother, honestly, but it's not mm. it's not a hundred percent terrible. It, like there is enjoyment factor if you can get past the bad stuff and just kind of take it for what it is, which is not a good recommendation. But it's also like I'm not saying it's the worst thing ever. No. So get off it's my fine. back inter- get yeah. off my back comment section. <laughs> She-Hulk is not the worst yeah, really. thing ever. What well, what would be the worst thing you've ever seen? The worst thing I've ever seen? Yeah, just like it just not in terms of like the subject matter, but just it being bad. Just being bad. I think I blocked out the things I think are really bad is the, <laughs> you don't want, is the problem. I want to go back. <laughs> when I think about I tend to find enjoyment, like I said, in most things, but the things I really didn't like, I just block out. Hmm. Let's see, like That's one of fair. the one of the worst movies I've seen this year was. Um, I hate to call things out, but uh, one was called Memory. That one was with Liam Neeson. That one was the worst thing I've seen this year. Oh, actually, I didn't like. Um, what was that movie called? The Gray Man. I didn't like that either. That was pretty bad yeah, too. That was all right. Overhyped. Let's see. 
Yeah, memory doesn't have to be this year. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be this year, Joe. I'm just saying. I'm just saying this year because that's what I can remember. Like I said, I probably mm-hmm. blocked out other that's things. That's fair. Uh, She-Hulk is one of the worst shows I've seen this year, <laughs> but it was. It still had some entertainment okay. value. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for me, it would be Blonde. I think Blonde was more disappointing than bad. There's some artistic stuff that I like, but it's just bad. Bad choices all around. Fair enough. I didn't... Most disappointing movie of the year besides Thor Love and Thunder for me. Yeah. I'm also trying to make more of a, a concerted effort to not watch things that don't look appealing to me. Right. Like the, I would not have even watched She-Hulk in the first place its marketing did not look good to me. It didn't. The Daredevil mm-hmm. bit is the only thing that really sold me on the show and my prior knowledge of the She-Hulk character, which was enough for me to be like, if I was somebody who'd never watched Marvel before and knew nothing about She-Hulk from the comics, I don't think the show would look interesting to me at all. But I knew they had some nope. decent source material to work with. I knew my favorite Marvel character of all time was going to be in it in some capacity. So that, so the, their marketing paid off. I'll say, for example, Ms. Marvel, nothing they did in their marketing was good enough to convince me to watch that. That's the first Marvel thing I, I actively said, no, okay, I'm putting my line in the sand. I'm, I'm going to do everything based on the marketing now. Ms. Marvel didn't sell me. She-Hulk didn't sell me until it did. And that was just enough to get me in the door. I don't know what the next thing will be, but maybe I'll watch the mar- next Marvel shows. Maybe I won't, but I'm not watching them all anymore. It's going to be on a very case-by-case basis. Yeah, it's definitely... I think some of the shows that have been uh, confirmed, I'm not huge on in terms of like excitement. They did, there's, I think there's one, or Armor Wars. I'm not a huge, I'm not really excited about that. I think that character, the little girl, is being introduced in uh, Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. I think that is the, uh, oh, Ironheart, whatever that, never mind, Ironheart, not um, Armor Wars. It's something completely see, different. You know, the uh, Secret Invasion trailer actually oh, Blade was some... Blade is the other thing. Blade okay. was the other thing that uh, got delayed. I, I just realized that. That was the other thing that got delayed. Oh, yeah. Agatha, Coven of Chaos. I don't... Don't care. Don't care of that show. Yeah, Secret of Invasion. That looks interesting. See, that, that's a marketing that sold me. I'm like, okay, uh, Nick Fury mm-hmm. and Scrawls, and I'm like, the tone looked cool. It looked like Winter Soldier kind of vibe. Amelia and Clark. Yeah. You know what? This looks, this looks good. I don't know if it will be, but... You convinced me just on one trailer. Yeah. It's definitely, it's interesting. Whereas like She-Hulk's trailers are debating whether Captain America's a virgin or not. And that's like, okay. Captain America fucks. I'm like, this is what you're trying to sell me with? Okay. Ooh, Daredevil. We all knew it. (laughs) We all knew it. Captain America bangs. Anyway. Star-Lord's mother. Grandmother. I think she huh? was the one. I think she was the one. What happened? They said it was with a girl on the USO tour, and the only girl we clearly see him have a moment with is the same actress as Star-Lord's mother, and I, 
I don't know if Kevin Feige confirmed she's a relative of Star-Lord. When do we see this? There's when a Captain mo- America's making out with that woman? No, not, not, not her. Because that's US- Natalie Dormer. <laughs> on the Star-Spangled Man with a plan montage where he's punching Hitler out on the USO tours, there's that one moment uh-huh. where, like, the girl who played Star-Lord's mom, I don't know the actress, but she, that was her first appearance in a Marvel movie. But she comes up to Captain America looking for an autograph and they like lock eyes at, at this moment. And she's like the only girl in that montage who like clearly catches Steve's mm. attention. And then they say he had sex on the USO tour. And I'm like, I think it was her. Interesting. That's a cool theory. Anyway. But yeah. First Avengers, my favorite Marvel movie. I know. I, I had that theory immediately. When they <laughs> but here's the here's a list for Phase Five, which is after Wakanda Forever, which looks promising. It looks uh, promising. I don't know if you've right. seen the recent trailer. I know you're worried. Yeah, but well, it looks, it looks it like looks, an actual film. Yeah, Wakanda. It looks good. I don't. I I hesitate that it even exists, but I'm like, okay, fine. Let's see what they give us. Let's What's the what list? Happens. So, first movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which don't, will introduce Kang. Don't really care. <laughs> well, it's going to go well. Uh, Secret Invasion. Interesting. Okay, so one for one. Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy, Galaxy, Mar- uh, three. I just had a stroke. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. All in on that. Which will be Dave Bautista's last movie, apparently. Yep, I'm all in on that. Echoes. The Echo series, which Vincent D'Onofrio was confirmed to be in. Also don't care, except Daredevil's probably going to be in it, too, so I'll, I'll watch mm-hmm. it. I don't... Right. Loki Season okay. 3. Sorry. Loki Season 2. Don't really care, but I'll watch it. The Marvels. Don't this care. is still all in 2023, by the way. Yeah. Blade. Is this a movie or a show? I don't know, but Blade. I don't... It's a movie, right? I don't really care. Still in 2023. That's another one. The Ironheart show. Don't care. I know we're really, really uh, and into then the comics. Winter. And she hasn't interested me. And then Winter. Winter. 2023 to 2024. Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Don't care. Daredevil show. Which has been. Don't care. Delaying. <laughs> Captain America, New World Order. Don't care. Which is a movie. Uh, and then the Thunderbolts, which is basically the Marvel Suicide Squad. So it's okay, just, now, yeah. Now that, one sound, now that one's interesting to me, because that one, who's on that one? There's like Yelena, John it's Walker. It's Yelena. Red Hulk. Bucky. Bucky. Is Red Hulk confirmed? I think he was de- talked about. I thought it was Red Guardian. My bad. Who knows? Red Guardian know might be too. And, Red uh, Guardian's on there. Okay, so most of I think of the- they wanted... Guy from Civil War. What's his face? Zemo. Freaking Daniel Zemo. Yeah, yeah. They wanted Zemo, but I don't know if he's confirmed or not. I don't know if you mentioned Armor Wars, but I am interested in Armor Wars too. But like, out yeah, of it everything... wasn't on their slate. It wasn't on yeah. their slate, but then they confirmed no, it's still happening. Okay, so I'm basically, out of but, uh... out of all the ones you mentioned, I'm interested in a lot of them, but I I don't care about the majority of those. I'll probably watch most of them, but I'm not excited about over half of them. I mean, the two the two things that I don't have really interest in is Echo and Agatha. Echo is more interesting just... to me than some of the others because 
She was an interesting supporting character in Hawkeye. Like, that's one I don't care about, but I'm more interested than <laughs> most of the others. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. Uh, okay, she's a she's a she's a deaf protagonist, and okay, that that'll be a little bit different. Uh, she's got the the mob backstory. She was an enforcer, works for the kingpin. She's got this history with kingpin. Mm-hmm. Daredevil might be in it. Like, just she she has the history with Hawkeye too. She's got an interesting backstory. Like, she's interesting to me. Like, not enough to be exciting, but I'm interested. So that's something. Yeah, it's definitely, it's going to be an interesting few years. Yeah. Because even the movie, it just feels more set up. I kind of like how Phase 4 has been uh, very experimental, especially with Eternals and some of the other stuff. And most of it's hit or miss. Most of it's miss. There's some reviews Mm -hmm. I see Eternals that's like, this is the best MCU movie. Chloe Zhao is a genius. And it's like, did we watch the same movie? Look, I feel very similar to Eternals as I do about Zack Snyder's DC Life. movies. I understand why both are controversial. I understand why people love Eternals, just like I understand why people love Zack Snyder's version of DC. They're, they're movies made mm-hmm. in a very similar vein, that very self-serious superhero deconstruction kind of thing. They even have similar the color palettes. bad in both yeah. of them. They even have very similar color palettes. I so people who theoretically people yeah. who like Zack Snyder's movies probably liked Eternals too. I liked Zack Snyder's movies, and I didn't hate Eternals. It was I liked it more than most people who saw it, but I also don't care for it on the whole. Yeah, yeah. So I rewatched it; and it wasn't as bad as I remember. It's fine. But I, it's I even messaged you where I there was the IMAX version on Disney Plus and there's there's some action scenes that aren't in shot in IMAX, but the one and only sex scene in the MCU is Don't no, don't forget about all the strange. sex scenes in She Hulk. We Well those you don't even see. I those. know, I know. But yeah, it's almost been a year. It's almost been a year since Eternals come out, and no one has st- even brought up the giant fucking celestial that's just in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Are, that... they, are people just so numb to this world that they're just like, yeah. And it's just another day. It's another day on Earth. Basically. I will say that was a cool ending when the celestial showed up at yeah. the end. And then his like teleportation away was kind of like a black hole. I was like, ooh, good job, visual effects people. That's like a, that's an inside joke. The only thing I loved about that movie was Kubel Nanjiani, uh, his character who ha- created the entire Bollywood legacy, where he just think he plays. Yep. His, he thinks that's a good joke. His father and his son and his grandson, and he has this entire legacy as a Bollywood. Act. That was hilarious. That was a great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, but we're let's wrap up. We've gone on too long. We're she. You also missed the Game of Thrones joke. Game of Thrones. Because you haven't seen the show. But at the beginning of season one, because both Kit Harrington and Richard Madden are in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and they play half brothers in the show, and in the show, uh, Richard Madden tells Jon Snow, "Next time I see you, you'll be in all black," and in the movie, he's in all black. It's like <laughs> the next time they're ever on screen together, and Kit Harrington's in all black, and everyone's like, "Ah, that's funny. Good one. That is a good one." <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's wrap her I up. I wish they had more on screen time. We got on too long. Yeah. Overall, She-Hulk is okay. 
It's not the worst thing I've seen. There's been some pretty. There's been not nothing that I've seen so far has maybe been like God. I just hate this. I don't. I haven't hated anything yet, which is cause for concern because maybe I'm just in a little Stockholm syndrome at this point. The twerking scene. Well, yeah. Other than that, I hated that. <laughs> Never mind. I hated that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, that nearly that scene nearly made me quit the MCU for what it represents as a oh. whole. But like. The show, it's in general, is. What's happened when a TikTok writer writes for an MCU movie? Look, look, it's like we got Lo- Thor: Love and Thunder this year, and then the twerking scene, and I'm like, oh, I'm oof. just, I'm just, I'm just this close to being broken, you know? I'm not broken yet, but what we got in this you year? You introduce like, Gore the God Butcher, and he doesn't butcher any gods. One god, just at the start of the movie. Explain that to me. And he is cut off Lady Sif's count? arm. And he. And he yeah, killed, and then she doesn't even show up till the end. And he killed a and couple off-screen. And he kills a giant monster. Off-screen. It's stupid. Whatever. Off-screen shit. But Christian Bale was amazing. Anyway. <sighs> but then they kill him off. Anyway, spoilers for Thor, Love and Thunder. Anyway. But yeah. I didn't hope like... you guys enjoyed this review. You can... F- yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, no, you finish. I, was, I don't have any more to say. All right, well... I hope you guys enjoyed this review. You can find me at Ryan Walker Official on TikTok and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at ThoughtPlay Media and our Facebook page of the same name. Also, check out the Close Up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates. If you listen to us in audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get, our favorite pod- you get your favorite podcasts. You can find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support ThoughtPlay Media on Patreon, link below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews, as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next close-up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Captain America, 